With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Internet's newest NFL preview show, The 10-Minute Drill, where Jeff Burkus and I will run you through everything to do with the next Chicago Bears game in 10 minutes or less. That's the aim. Jeff, who are we previewing today? Robert, the undefeated Chicago Bears are traveling north to the winless Green Bay Packers this week. I like the sound of that. Let's put 10 minutes on the clock and go ahead and get started. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. The Chicago Bears are marching into Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. It's a big game for the NFC North, and obviously this one, come the end of the season, could make a big difference in the standings. So Jeff, let's start with what happens when the Bears have the ball. Jeff, this Joe Barry defense is no joke. From a schematic perspective, they throw just about every exotic look you can think of at the opposing offense. I'm talking simulated pressure. I'm talking five to six man down fronts. I'm talking quarters coverage, quarter, quarter, half, cover six, cover three, cover two. This is not your standard bend, don't break defense, Jeff. This is a very aggressive defense in how many different ways they force you to read the field. And the only real hole there is that because of the exotic nature of their defense, every once in a while, you're gonna end up with a linebacker matched up against somebody that maybe they shouldn't as the Packers learned with Justin Jefferson last week. But as we know, the Bears don't have Justin Jefferson as much as they might like to. So I'm very interested to see what this loot gets the offense that I don't think we got a great look at in the rain does to combat Joe Barry's plan. This is going to be a very, very interesting one. Jeff, what are you seeing from stats? So from a stats perspective, I'm going to look at what happened the last game with the Bears when they had the ball. And my stat this week is zero, as in zero offensive penalties for the Bears. If they want to have a chance in this one, they're going to have to try to keep another clean sheet. Imagine how many times in the last few years the Bears offense has committed mistakes that killed drives before they started. Last week, we didn't see that at all. Zero penalties for the offense. If they want to be able to move the ball against this aggressive Packers defense, keeping that clean sheet is going to be important. No kidding. And I mean, there's a timeout and penalties joke to be made in there, but thank goodness we're clear of the Nagy era. Jeff, who's your matchup of the week on offense? So for me, Robert, I'm going to go Darnell Mooney. He didn't have much uh, of a statistical game in game one. I think a lot of that was due to the weather. We're going to forget all that, but he's going to be matched up a lot in this game in Green Bay against Jair Alexander. Alexander missed most or all of last season with an injury. He's back. He's one of the premier corners in this league, and I want to see that matchup of best on best to see if Mooney can establish himself as that premier wide receiver that he wants to be. And truly, Alexander is a fabulous corner, even if Mooney's game didn't go quite like he wanted to against Charvarius Ward last week. 
My matchup for the week isn't in the skill positions, Jeff, and it's not just the offensive line. Specifically, there's been no bigger thorn in the Bears' side over the last few years than Kenny Clark on the defensive line, and he's more than likely going to be matched up directly against Tevin Jenkins, hopefully just Tevin Jenkins and not a rotation of Tevin Jenkins and Lucas Patrick. That matchup with obviously Rashad Gary, Preston Smith, and plenty of other talented rushers on this Green Bay defensive line is going to make a huge difference in whether the Bears are going to be able to run passing plays with longer stretching concepts and if you can't run those you end up with a very screen or short game passing approach just like the Bears saw last week and you can get bottled up in a hurry. If Jenkins can hold off Kenny Clark that's going to make a huge difference for this Bears offense. Obviously, this will be quite the test for Justin Fields and the rest of the Bears offense, but they're not the only people playing football that day, as we need to talk about what happens when the Packers have the ball. Now, Jeff, this is going to look pretty familiar, because Getze brought a lot of what Chicago's doing on offense from Green Bay. So Green Bay, coached by Matt LaFleur, who comes from the Shanahan tree, is going to bring a lot of the same things that the Bears just practiced defending this last week against San Francisco. You're going to see a lot of condensed sets. You're going to see a lot of arc blocking, attacking the edges in the run game, especially with Aaron Jones, and then switching A.J. Dillon in and running between the tackles. If there's one hole in this team, it's that without Alan Lazard, they're really young at receiver, Jeff. I'm curious to see how that's going to impact their offense. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is a phenomenal quarterback, but if he hasn't had time to develop the chemistry that has so often killed the Bears in the past with, say, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, or the rest of his receivers, core, Randall Cobb may not be quite enough to combat a very good Bears secondary. Jeff, what are you seeing from stats? Yeah, Robert, I mean, you have this quarterback who has this advanced degree in quarterbacking. Um, he's gone on to the desert to drink whatever the heck he's drinking, for hallucinogenic whatever mushrooms he's drinking, but he's on a different level and his wide receiving core is completely new except for Randall Cobb, who is kind of retread here in Green Bay. So, you know, there's this offense may not be as advanced as we assume it is because he's lost his biggest target in Devontae Adams. But the number that I came up with, again, looking at last week against the Minnesota Vikings, is the number two. That's the number of passes that Aaron Rodgers was able to attempt past 20 yards. Bears fans can think about all of those long passes that Aaron Rodgers has completed against the Bears over the years. He was only able to get off two of those passes last week, which is a big part of why the Vikings were able to keep Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers to only seven points. If the Bears want to have a similar success story on Sunday night, they're going to need to do the same thing. One of the things that the Vikings did really well was they got after Rodgers. They were in his face. They took advantage of this backup player offensive line. There's a lot of moving pieces right now. And then, of course, the wide receivers are not at the level that they have been in the past. So you still have this alien level quarterback, but a lot of the pieces around him are either hurt and on the bench or they're brand new and they don't really understand the offense yet. So if the Bears want to replicate the Viking success, try to limit the number of passes that Rodgers can make down the field. And to be able to do that, you want to get in his face quickly. Couldn't agree more, Jeff. And frankly, I think it's important we clear that up. The Bears are nine and a half point dogs for a reason. This Packers team is good, but the Bears are catching them at the right time. And depending on who actually suits up in green and gold for the Packers, this could be a very different team than the team that they were on paper circa June when everybody at the very least looked like they'd be healthy. Jeff, who's your matchup on the Bears defense and the Packers offense? 
Yeah, going with what I was saying there, I'm really interested in these defensive ends for the Chicago Bears and what they can do against these tackles. I'm not sure that David Bakhtiari is going to play. I think you're going to have a lot of backup quality offensive linemen at the tackle spots. We already saw Dominique Robinson have a really nice first game. You have Travis Gibson, who we have high hopes for. Robert Quinn, who had an incredible last season, 2021, where he was second in the league in sacks. And then, of course, you have the signing of Muhammad. So you have those four defensive ends, all of which can rush the passer and make an impact in this game. And you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to get home against Rodgers and in some of those drives before they can get going. Absolutely. If the Bears have ever had any chance of beating Aaron Rodgers, they're going to have to do it with that pressure up front. I had a couple of matches to choose from, Jeff. Obviously, Roquan Smith versus the running backs that the Packers have is going to be incredibly important in forcing the Packers into passing scenarios. But I keep coming back to the Bears' safeties because it may be Jaquan Brisker or it may be Eddie Jackson in that deep spot against Christian Watson. Watson's probably the best athlete that the Packers have playing receiver right now. I think he's going to be quite a special player if he can clean his drops up and in Minnesota he got free for a wide open touchdown and simply dropped the ball. Now Jeff, I don't know about you, I don't feel good enough betting on a drop. So the Bears safeties need to be up to task and make sure that if the Packers receivers are going to be fairly limited, that the Bears defense keeps a lid off of the guy who's most likely to break open for a very long touchdown. You cannot give a struggling offense free points. It's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. And Jeff, now we dive into a section that I think we could use a little work on because all of our prop bet choices from last week missed. A monsoon will do a lot to you, but we could use some work here. Jeff, what do you see as some nice looking prop bets going into the future? Yeah, I think to start with, when you're making prop bets, it's a good idea to wait until the day of the game before you actually lay your bets in. And so make sure that you're joining me with Ross Reed and Eric Smith on Sunday mornings on the Second City Gridiron channel, where we're gonna go through this kind of stuff. We laid out more prop bets from around the league and Ross and I both got four out of five correct. So it's it helps to wait a little bit longer, making them early in the week, the weather can change things, injury status can change things. So that's just a good thing to note up front. You know, we're gonna put some up on the screen that we like early in the week, but make sure you're checking back with us at the end of the week. The Bears specific one that I like the most right now is the Bears defense over four fantasy points. So the way that fantasy points are calculated, you get points for keep holding the team under a certain number of, of offensive points, and then you get points for sacks and interceptions and fumble recoveries, so the turnovers. And only four points, they're basically predicting that Green Bay is going to blow the doors off the Bears. I don't like that. I think that this defense plays hard. They play tough. I think that against those backup level offensive linemen, those defensive ends are going to be able to, to get home. I think we didn't even talk about the interior players. The interior players have done some changeover as well. I think that you're going to have an opportunity, maybe some of those inside guys to collapse the pocket. I do think there's going to be points had from a sack standpoint. And then I think with the hits principle, they do like to take the ball away. It's not just trying to get an interception from Aaron Rodgers, which is a very difficult thing to do, but it's also taking the ball away with forced fumbles. You have a lot of inexperienced carriers of the ball, especially in the receiving core. I think you could see some fumbles from receivers in this game as well. So I like the over of four fantasy points for the Bears defense. So that's my top bet so far right now. Check back at the end of the week. But Rob, what stuck out to you when you looked at these? 
This one's complicated. If they have a touchdown prop bet for AJ Dillon by the end of the week, I want it because I expect that the Packers, look, whether it's a, go a blowout game or a close game, are going to score a touchdown or two, and they love to hand it off to their power back to punch it in the end zone. But Jeff, I'm gonna take a real risk here. I'm wearing the Bears jacket. I like the Bears. The Packers receivers are in, I don't wanna call it trouble, but if Lazard doesn't come back, Aaron Rodgers has a prop for 250 passing yards. That's a lot for a team that I think may end up with more success on the ground, assuming that they have the success we're used to from the Packers offense. So assuming the Packers are gonna score about 24 points, assuming the Packers are gonna get a, about 125 on the ground between two running backs, maybe a little bit more, I'll take Rodgers for sub 250 passing yards and just hope and pray I'm not embarrassed come next week. Anything else you're seeing out there, Jeff? I think just like you talked about Aaron Rodgers and his passing total, Justin Fields' passing total is at 190.5. I understand that they're not giving him a lot of credit for last week, but again, you're playing in a monsoon, you're trying to throw a, a completely soaked football. I think those stats are worthless. You throw them out the window. So 190 is a pretty low total here. You're gonna wanna watch the weather. If it's gonna be anywhere similar in Green Bay, like it was to Chicago in, the, in week one, maybe avoid this one or maybe even take the under just because you're betting on the weather. But I think 190 is too low for this talented of a young man. So for me, I'm gonna take the over on Justin Fields at 190, assuming we have decent weather on Sunday Night Football. And I mean, to your point, Jeff, a quote unquote poor performance of 210 yards, that's a winner on that ticket. Two things can't be true, Robert. They can't say that the Bears are 10-point underdogs and they're going to be trailing the whole game and then 190 passing yards on a very low passing yard total, right? So if you think that game flow is going to be such that the Bears are going to be passing a lot to try to catch up from behind, some of those yards are going to come and that 190 is not a number to hold back a guy like Justin Fields for very long. So we'll talk more about those on Sunday morning on The Gambling Show on Second City Gridiron. And let's try to stop the clock before 10 minutes. And let's see the time. Aha, Jeff, it looks like we missed it again. That's a low for us. We're going to need to take a look at the hurry-up offense in practice. Yep, we need more reps on the hurry-up offense, Robert. That's very clear from the first two episodes. Hey, we'll get there. We'll get there. It's a process, right? Jeff, this is going to be a very, very big football game. Obviously, if the Bears come out of this 2-0, that's going to change a lot about a lot of season projections. They're 9.5-point dogs for a reason. Let's not gas the team up too quickly. But I don't know about you, Jeff. I can't help but find myself thinking, if not now against the Packers, when? Because they're only going to get healthier this year. They are in prime position to be taken advantage of. This Bears team is going to be in football games that they may not necessarily deserve to be in because of the way they're coached and because of the way they're playing. And so I think that this team is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Again, all offseason we talked about the wins and losses were not necessarily very important. But you kind of want to throw that out when you have to go up north and play that pukey team in green and gold, right? We will take them how we can get them. And if they can steal one from the Packers, it, again, that just sort of makes the entire year. So let's let's hope that they ride into Green Bay high 
on that first week win and continue that momentum to be able to take advantage of the Packers. Absolutely. And forgive me, Jeff, because I would love for the star of this game to be a Chicago Bear. I can't help thinking this all comes back to Aaron Rodgers. Statistically speaking, as I know you know, Jeff, Rodgers has dominated the Bears in his career. But not only that, he's also dominated in bounce back games off of getting embarrassed. Do you think there's any worry there? I think the biggest worry is the injuries up front and the inexperience on the outside in their offense and that they're going to try to win games like old bear teams through through running game and through defense. And so to me, I worry about Rogers talent, but I but I'm not worried about what's around him. Makes sense. And as far as score predictions go, remember, we want to hear it from you. So go ahead and comment below. Who do you think's winning the game? Give us your player of the game and how excited you are for this weekend. Jeff, it will be a wild Sunday night. So for all you Bears fans out there looking for post-game breakdown, you can find me on Second City Gridiron running Bear With Me right after the game. And Jeff, you got anything else coming up? Gambling show Sunday morning, Bear and Balanced on Monday uh, at 6 o'clock Central Time. Perfect. Jeff, thanks so much for joining me. Bear down and have a great rest of your week. Thanks, guys.